Well, good morning, friends. I am recording this on September 1st, and this is for September 30th. The last message in September, I wanted to get ahead because fall is going to be really busy. And this is uh, podcast number 385. We're, we've looked at Paul the preacher, Paul the teacher, Paul the prisoner. Now we want to look at Paul and his striving for the saints. And what he's talking about here is his desire to see uh, the saints mature. And remember, the saints are the believers in Colossae. Let's go to verse 28, and then we're going to get into Colossians 2. Some of you may be really excited that we're actually getting into Colossians 2. Um, I'm enjoying this. I hope you are too. But let's look at, uh, before we get to verse 28, let's look at our verses, uh, memory verses. Verse 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And in chapter 2, verse 9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Always going to be our theme, the preeminence of Jesus Christ, the fact that he came and wrapped himself in human flesh, John 1, 14, and paid the price for your Lord, your life and for mine. Verse 28 of chapter 1 says, In him, or him we proclaim, meaning Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone. Warning everyone. It's not enough just to warn about people, hey, you're on your road to to um, to hell. You're outside of the kingdom of God. You're not a Christian. We need to teach them. And what do we teach them? We teach them the word of God. Uh, With all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not uh, seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom um, are hidden all the treasures and the wisdoms and knowledge, treasures of wisdom and knowledge. As I said before, we we are introduced to Paul, who is the prisoner, Paul, who is the teacher, Paul, who is has this pastor's heart. But now we look at Paul uh, striving and the words he uses in Colossians chapter uh, one twenty nine and Colossians two one, the striving and the conflict uh, should give us this picture of a warrior. These are military terms. These are terms of, uh, uh, excuse me, athletic terms and military terms of of um, discipline. We're striving. We're working. Um, they refer uh, to our English term, which means agony. Agony. They're, uh, you know, no pain, no gain kind of thing. We agonize and we work. And he's agonizing. He's striving. He's not sitting in a Roman prison striving because he's a prisoner. He's in a Roman prison striving for you. And and uh, he says to the Gentiles, I'm striving for you. And what is my goal? My goal is to present you uh, blameless before the Lord, to present you before the Lord. He says, I, I have this responsibility, and so I have these instructions for you. The 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 Gnostics um, uh, thought philosophy uh, uh, was and wisdom were the whole thing. You know, you you strive to be smarter, and they had they believed that they had this wisdom that that no one else had. But Paul just didn't talk about wisdom. He talked about a person, Jesus Christ. He preached the word. He announced. Uh, as a as a herald with authority, but he also warned. 
He also warned people. While it is good to proclaim positive truth, it is also necessary to warn people against the lies of the enemy. It is essential that we help people understand that the, that the world uh, and its philosophy lies to you. It is about a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's about the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If this world were all you needed, why would God send his son to die a cruel death for you and I? Paul considered himself a spiritual father to local churches, and it was his duty to warn, just like it's our duty to warn. It's his duty to warn, but it's also our duty to warn. It's not our duty just to sit back and wait um, for the chariot to take us home, for God to come and to get us. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. He says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. He said, the word of God here that I'm, that I'm saying to you is not to, to bring shame. It's not to shame you. It's, to, it's to, to admonish you and to strengthen you as dear children. I see you as, as my children, and I want, to, I want to let you know that I consider myself like a spiritual father to you. And that's how we should look at Paul as his spiritual father, even though we never knew him. We never saw him face to face. Well, the, the Gentiles here in Colossae didn't either. Paul also was a teacher of the truth. And it's not enough to warn people. We must also teach them the positive truths of the word of God. You will not make it on uh, man's philosophy. You will not make it if you just try to do the golden rule, treat others as you would have them treat you. I hear so much about kindness and love today, and both of them flow and have to flow out of really truthfully a relationship with Jesus Christ to understand what true love is. Love is unconditional. It is God giving his son for you and I. It is not I love you if... It is not what this world's love is because we talk about, oh, we just have to love one another. Our love is so fickle. Paul not only preached Christ, but he also taught Christ. He not only preached about Christ, but he taught Christ. He taught that the teaching was not about good things that Christ said. He taught Christ. I hope that I've explained that. It wasn't just about knowing the sayings of Christ. It was about knowing the person of Jesus Christ. Not only necessary to introduce this teaching, for all that a believer needs to know is related to Jesus Christ. It's not about just memorizing scripture. I try to memorize scripture. I try to stay in scripture a lot, but my relationship with the scripture is because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to, to teach men that all wisdom is not found in man, but that wisdom is found in in Christ. Look at verse 28 of chapter 1. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Jesus Christ. And, and how is that maturity represented? Let's look at a, a few words that come from uh, Colossians 2. The word encouragement. Write these down. The word encouragement. 
our English word encourage means with heart. To encourage people to give them is to give them a new heart. What Paul is talking about in Colossians chapter 2, verse 2, and he says that their hearts may be encouraged means that they would have an understanding of Christ. I don't want to encourage you um, to continue in your ways. I want to encourage you to grow in Jesus Christ. Second, he talks about being knitted together, this, this endearment. The mature Christian loves the brethren and seeks to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. It's part of this spiritual unity in the church. It's not about you in the church. It's not about your needs. It's about others. The Bible says to prefer one another. And that means to, 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 to allow others to grow. Not to hold people back, but also not to to hold on to what is yours. They used to be in the old in the in in the past. The churches uh, would allow people to buy a a pew in the name of a family. It was a way to raise money. And the problem is that became almost ownership. Someone sitting in my pew. Someone sitting in my chair. Someone's taking my place. The, the disciples were constantly taught about sacrifice and service, and yet they constantly struggled with who would be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And Jesus told them in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to bring the church together. He came to, 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 uh, to tell them that you're a body with many members, and that each one is important. And we need to be uh, immature. We need to be mature, not immature. We need to grow up. He talked about we need to grow into the uh, riches of full assurance of understanding. Means this, this enrichment. The word of God enriches us. It strengthens us. It encourages us. It causes us to, to understand what the riches of God's glory are. That's the beauty of the scripture. That's the beauty of this. And, and Paul says in verse 29, because of this, I toil. I struggle. I, 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 I battle because I want what's best for you. I want, I want this to be something that is, is so important to you that I, that, I, that I fight to get this message out. He was a prisoner in bonds. He could have just sat there and, and hopefully waited for a day for him to be free. And yet he wrote much of this encouraging um, portion of scripture. He wrote it from prison. And he says, uh, full assurance and understanding. I want you to be enlightened. The mature believer has an assurance in his heart that he's a child of God. You're no longer a creation of God. You're a child of God when you have a relationship with God. The spiritual knowledge that he that was in Christ um, constantly enlightens him and directs him daily. God wants his children to have understanding and wisdom and knowledge. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knitted together in love, to reach all of the riches of full insurance, assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom all are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They're all in Christ. You want wisdom, you want knowledge, you want to understand what this, this life is about. It's in Christ that we find these answers. 
the Gnostic wisdom was some wisdom that they they wanted to peddle that you would be uh, uh, elite and you would be all by yourself with a small group of people who are elite. And that's not what Jesus said. That's not what Jesus said, what, what wisdom was. It's, it's this knowledge that you're a part of the body of Christ and we're greater because we're together. And the wisdom that was being taught was the wisdom of Christ. And he says, for this I labor. For this I labor. He, he shows this picture of a Greek runner exerting himself. It's this picture of running and laboring and battling for what was to be true. Look at Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, Paul mentions their pastor, Epaphras, in verse 12. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. He's not saying that he wrestles with God to get something. That's not what this means. It means that his life is this uh, uh, struggle and this uh, battle to make sure that his, his people under his care are taken care of. True prayer is directed to the Father, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, when they asked him how to pray. The disciples asked him to pray. He said, start this way, Heavenly Father, my Father, our Father. It's through the name of Jesus Christ. It's in his name. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's this Trinitarian view of, of prayer as we pray to the Father, we pray in the name of Christ, and the Holy Spirit enables or helps us in our prayers. It's, it can be a struggle. Let's look at John chapter 16. Jesus told his disciples, it's imperative that I go away. He was in one place at one time, but he said, if I go away, um, we'll send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will live inside of you and he will teach you and he will encourage you. Look at John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all, the tr in, into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare to you all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. The Holy Spirit will encourage. The Holy Spirit will, will teach us of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will encourage us in our prayer times. Prayer is not trying to, trying to change the mind of God. God, this is what I need. I know it doesn't uh, agree with you, but this is what I believe I'm, I should be doing. No, prayer is getting us in line with God. It's learning what it is uh, to have the mind of God and asking accordingly. The Holy Spirit constantly intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit constantly intercedes for us. At salvation, the Holy Spirit comes in and takes up residence in our life and he intercedes through us and teaches us and encourages us even in prayer. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he searches, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit within us to, to lead us because he alone knows the Father's heart and the Father's will. 
and he helps us. And there are times when we simply do not feel like praying. I don't know about you, but there are times I struggle to pray. I read the word of God. I don't struggle with that. But there are times I struggle to pray. And I think it's because so many times I know the God of the Bible, but I need to know the God of, 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 uh, of, of the reality of prayer. I need to communicate with him. I don't need to just read about him. I need to communicate with him. We need to know and understand what, what God wants to do. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. There is a, a plan and a purpose for your life and for mine. And we can only achieve that if we're in lockstep with the Holy Spirit. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Ephesians three twenty and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. We need to pray for spiritual strength. It is like any muscle that needs to be exercised. It needs to be uh, uh, worked. It needs it needs to grow. And the only way that can happen is, is we exercise that muscle, the muscle of prayer. And the greatest way to do that is submit our, to our prayer time to the Holy Spirit leading and directing us. Because he alone knows the will of God. See, Paul was striving here. He was no longer just teaching. He was no longer just uh, defending his apostleship or his ability or his um, right to talk to the Colossian church. He was saying, I'm striving for you. And not only that, Epaphras is as well. We know you're in a battle. We know that there is there is a, a teaching going on that, that doesn't glorify us. We know these things, but know this, that we're striving for you. We're striving for you. We not be, may not be there in person, but we are with you in spirit, and we want you to know that we're striving in prayer for you. That's what pastors do. That's what pastors do. And that's what people who love one another in the church do. We strive. We pray. We care. It is a spiritual battle that requires requires spiritual power and spiritual muscle. And that's why he says, I want I want you to grow. I want you to grow in all wisdom. And I want you to grow in all strength. I want you to grow in the word of God. I want to encourage you. I want to warn you. I, I want to admonish you. I want you to understand what it means to be a Christian. Let me pray for you. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you till we talk again.